special podcast from Connection Community Church for this Thanksgiving Eve, November 23rd, 2011. A message given by disciple member Mike Osmond. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I feel like that uh, video just gave my whole message for tonight. (laughs) And was that a hint that I should make it short? (laughs) Um... My name is Mike Osmond, and my wife Maria and I attend church here, and a lot of you know us, and we know a lot of you, but for those of you who don't, uh, thank you for being here tonight to worship God, to praise Him, and to be thankful. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, on this eve before Thanksgiving, we've gathered tonight to give you thanks, and there are so many things that we can give thanks for, and We're going to talk about some of them tonight. We want to recognize, Lord, your blessings in our life so that we can truly be thankful and grateful, that we would understand your wonderful provision in our lives. Lord, we ask that you give us ears to hear the things that you speak to us through your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5. It says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. We are exhorted in this psalm to give thanks to God for three reasons. God is good. God is good. And we need to understand that. We're also exhorted because his mercies endure forever. And when I read that, I think, thank God his mercies endure forever because sometimes I'm not good. And so God, his mercies are upon us no matter where we are in our faith walk. And thirdly, his truth endures to all generations. So being thankful or being grateful is about acknowledging the blessings of God in our lives. From the smallest blessings to the largest, to the big ones. And we all think of blessings kind of when you hear the word blessing, it's like, woohoo, the big things. But there are so many other things in our lives that are blessings that sometimes get overlooked. We're going to talk about a few of them. How about food and shelter? That sounds more like a necessity than a blessing. And yet, um, without those two things, we wouldn't be here tonight, would we? We wouldn't even be alive without food and shelter. We, we, uh, Marie and I, after church, normally we do our grocery shopping at Walmart. We leave church, we go to Walmart, we get all our goodies. And how much fun is it to go down that aisle and pick and choose the cookies you want and the sodas you want or whatever you want. You pick that and you, you get up to the aisle and now shopping is not, not such a good experience because you have to pay for it, Right. Have you ever complained about the cost of groceries? And so we have this little game we play. How much is it? So have you ever played that? You guess before you get there? Okay. And uh, I'm doing good lately. In the last couple weeks, I've been within $5 twice, a Walmart and a Costco. I'm on top of my game right now. So that that's just helps us to get through the line. And so then we get our groceries, and home we go, and we pull into the driveway, and we unpack, and we put our groceries away, and they're in the cupboard, in the refrigerator, wherever we're putting them. 
but we're putting them in our home, a shelter, a place where we have gotten away from the rest of the world. Sunday afternoon, normally I'm flipping the game on before I go back for the second bag of groceries, you know. It's my little getaway. We're all home. Maria starts cooking. We have that wonderful blessing until the middle of the month when we start sweating the payment. That mortgage payment comes. And, and so we grumble sometimes about food and shelter. But think of the person who maybe tonight, it's cold, it's wet. Maybe their food was in a shelter in a food bank or an Emanuel dining room or a place like that. Maybe what they had to eat this week was as much as I had today. And their shelter might be a used sleeping bag in a box under a bridge. And they've been there for two months now, maybe. It gets them through. They're still alive. They're still with us. And so when I think of the grumbling I do sometimes about the grocery store line or the mortgage payment, this needs repaired, that needs repaired around the house, I sometimes wonder, am I overlooking the blessings of God in my life? So food and shelter, something we sometimes overlook. Well, to pay for that, we need a job, right? We need a source of income. Are jobs a blessing? Through jobs, we have the means to provide for necessities, but also for personal desires and pleasures. Now, how many of us have complained about a job? Maybe you like your job, but you don't like your boss. You don't like the person who sits next to you. You don't like the hours. You've got to commute all the way down Route 1 and back up every day. It keeps you away from your family too often. It's another thing that is truly a blessing in our lives. Back in the beginning, when God created everything, Adam and Eve, he created them. He put them in this wonderful and beautiful place. And he said, all of this, this is all for you. You can have whatever. Just one job, tend my garden. They, they had fruit in the tree, fruit on the vine, in the ground. But if they didn't literally get up, go and pick the fruit, dig it up, they would never have the blessings that God provided for them. The intent of work is truly the vehicle that God wants us to be blessed through. And sometimes, usually Mondays through Fridays, I forget that. It it really is one of God's divine plans in life for us to be productive for us to be provided for through our jobs. So when we look at our jobs, they really should be considered a blessing in our lives. How many today without a job or maybe underemployed can see the blessing that a job could be? Whew, I'm glad I got laid off. I need a break. I've thought that. <laughs> I've thought about, you know, being a greeter at Walmart. That guy's got a pretty good job. (laughs) But then I wonder about, after a couple of weeks, how might I feel? For us, that provision wouldn't be enough. For someone else, it is. 
And so work has a divine place and purpose in life for all of us. So jobs are also a blessing. And the holidays are here, right? Everybody started your Christmas shopping? You're not forgetting anyone in the family or any of your friends, right? This, this year, family and friends. I hesitate to ask this question. Are family members a blessing? <laughs> family and friends. For some, their friends are more like family than family. I think for many of us, that is true. Even the Bible talks about a friend. In Proverbs 17, 17, the scripture says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves at all times. Who do you call no matter what's going on? You call your friend. You call your buddy. You call your girlfriend. Who is that person? Everybody has that person or maybe a couple best friends. I never really understood how a couple of best friends work, but I'm a guy, and we we just limit ourselves anyway. Um, but we have those those friends who love at all times. I I get on the phone or I get with my buddy and I, you know, and I'll just lay it out there, and it's all my fault. <laughs> but you wouldn't know it by his response. Isn't that how the friend is in our lives? And how about family members? A brother is born for adversity. A sister, a mom, a cousin, an aunt. You know, you're going through it. And who really sticks it out with you? It's usually family. There may be a few relationships. Families are complicated. And there may be a few relationships where that dependent uh, relationship isn't there. But for the most part, he's my son. That's my sister. That's my folks. I'm going to be there for him. I'm going to do whatever it takes uh, to recognize my family and friends as a blessing. And during the holidays, we tend to get together more often, right? We're having family at our house tomorrow for Thanksgiving. Uh, a lot of you may be seeing family or friends that you don't normally see uh, on a regular basis. That's what we do. We get together. Now, if your families are at all like my family, you have an occasional crazy get-together. Do you have any of them, the crazy get-togethers? Last year at the holidays, at Christmas, we went to my sister's house, and from years ago, all, our, all the nephews and nieces are now in their 20s. But years ago, in their early to mid-teens, it's, it's wonderful to watch the way people express themselves. It's even more wonderful to capture it on video. <laughs> and, and so this is, you know, I, I've taken videos through the years, and we had Christmas at our home one year. And one of the nieces uh, was watching TV, and there was some music special on. And, well, I'm not even going to try to do what she was doing. She was dancing. And I've got this dance on video. And um, so we bring it along last Christmas, and after things settle a little bit, I pop it in the, the DVD player, and I turn it on. Well, how horrified was this young lady <laughs> to see herself making the fool of herself 
seven years ago, she was the coolest thing going. But that night, she walked into her bedroom and closed the door. Crazy gatherings. You have that crazy uncle? Maybe that crazy grandparent? Maybe you are that crazy uncle. (laughs) Just saying. It's a possibility. Okay, these are family get-togethers. And you leave and you go home and everybody's gone their way and Maria and I are going, oh, did you hear this? Did you see that? What about this? What about that? Like, wow, we got the scoop on everybody. I'm sure every other conversation is, did you see Mike? Did you hear Maria? Oh, my God, did you see those guys? (laughs) This is family. We all take advantage of these relationships, which we understand can be complicated and sometimes sometimes families are so uniquely different and from one another and, and have so many uh, relationship issues that it's not easy to get together with families at times, but it's something we do because they are family. One thing I've learned as a person of faith, as a part of God's family, when I gather with God's family, I'm not the crazy uncle. I'm accepted for who I am. He loves me with all my shortcomings and failures. And I know that I can love him back. And that's a wonderful thing to be a part of the family of God. It helps us to know that God always loves us. So some of the blessings we've talked about, food and shelter, jobs, family, and friends. Now, I thought about the word blessing, and the title tonight is being thankful. With regard to the blessings in my life, I want to be thankful. But when I hear the term blessing, I kind of automatically think, yeah, that refund check that I didn't know was coming. Uh, The job is the VP. Uh, prosperity, a place in the mountains, a place at the shore, both paid off because that came from my disposable cash. You get the idea when you hear, oh, you're blessed, brother. Well, sure am. How much do you need? It, it, that is a blessing. And in our lives, God will abundantly bless, but with a purpose, But we need to understand what the Bible says about blessing. If that's what blessing truly is, then a very few are truly blessed. And that's not what I read in the Scriptures. God is good to all. The Bible even says that it is the goodness of God that leads a person to repentance, to opening their life to God, so that God will come in and continue to bless them in new and better ways. So blessing is not about abundance, but it's not apart from it. See, there are some in life who have an abundance but are full of sorrows, and some who have very little but are very content. Proverbs 10.22 It says this, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, 
And he adds no sorrow with it. And it's not talking about those things that we just discussed, having unlimited resources. That may be part of it. There was a time in my past where I had more resources than I do now. But this is only today. There may be a time in my future where I have more resources than I do now, but I may have less than I do now. So is my blessing on the rise or is my blessing on the fall? What I believe with God and what I believe the Bible tells us is our blessing never ceases, no matter our place in life. Psalm 23, 1 says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It doesn't say the Lord is my shepherd, I won't have needs, but that I shall not want. Now, every one of us has seen this, experienced this, or been the guy that I'm about to talk about. You're in the store, mom's tagging the kids along, they're down the cereal aisle. How come all the colorful boxes are down here and all the multigrains are up here? <laughs> There's a reason for that. Mommy, I want that. I want the fruity marshmallows. Give me that. Give me I want it. I want it. I want it. And we have cereal at home. No, you don't need any more. We have. Mommy, mommy. And then, boom, a full-blown wanton desire where this child has to have, has to have, thinks without this, they are not blessed. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Bible says, thou shall not covet. Covet is a Bible word, a church word that means, and no, I'm not, you know pastors Alan and Carrie Jones, keeping up with the Joneses, right? Okay? Not really, because I'm not into that whole minivan thing, but <laughs> but if I were trying to keep up with the Joneses, I'd jump into a, you know, i got to get a minivan. Got to have it. Without, oh my, oh, why can't those guys stop spending money? I can't really afford this, but God, i got to have what they have. There's a lack of contentment in life. I may lose the perspective of the blessing I'm driving now if I'm so wanting of what someone else has. The Apostle Paul understood the blessings of God when he wrote in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. And he said this, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How often do we hear that last verse? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many of you have heard that verse before? That's, if I don't hear that verse once a week, whether on the radio or in a service or say it myself, in the context of what God was saying here was not that I can do all things through Christ. It sounds like, 
I can always win. I can always get the promotion. All my relationships are going to work out. I can do all things. I can overcome this sickness. I can, I can, I can, I can. It does mean that. But as the Spirit of God spoke through the Apostle Paul, it also means when I'm hungry. When I'm having a hard time meeting my needs. When, when this thing the doctor says that I have doesn't seem to be working out the way I hope. I can even do that. The guy tonight who's in that used sleeping bag under a bridge in a cardboard box, through Christ, he can do that. None of us want to be there. But this word is for those of us who are there as much as it is for those of us who are on the other end. Isn't God good? That man is not abandoned under that bridge. We're not abandoned wherever we are in our journey of faith. Where you are is where God is. And you can be thankful for that tonight. Jesus taught us to pray. And I love this. The Lord's Prayer is said, as many months in a year as there is, I say it out loud, and I read it other times. That when he talked to us and taught us about how to pray for our needs, he said what? He said this, Give us this day our... I always thought to ask for, you know, how about a, a year's supply? Can I get on that uh, delivery program? I don't even have to order it. It just comes to the door and gets dropped off. In the eyes of God, it was enough for us to have what we need for today. In our own eyes, sometimes we don't get that. We get lost in needing more or wanting more. And I'll tell you this much. God will give us more because there's a purpose and a plan for us to have more. And it's, and it's not just so that I can get a new sweater for the next time I'm up here. I think I wore this sweater last time I was up here. You'll know when I get a new sweater, I'll have a different sweater on when I come up here. <laughs> Do I need a new sweater? God's plan to bless us is day by day. The greatest blessing in our lives, I believe, that any of us can experience is trust. If I can trust God for today, I'll be all right today. I remember learning to go into the deep end of the pool. Dad was in there floating at the end of the diving board. He says, jump, jump, jump. For five minutes, he says, jump, jump, jump. And what I realized at the end of the diving board 
was that I can trust him that if I go in the deep end, I'm not going to drown. He's going to make sure of that. Trust is for those things that we're not sure of. Because just a few minutes earlier, I was jumping into the shallow end all by myself. He didn't need to be anywhere near me. I didn't need trust for that. The blessing of trust helps me take that step that God wants me to take. What is that step in your life? The next place, the next faith adventure. What is that? Every one of us has that next step. And it's, it's scary in that place. It is scary. Do I take that next step in a relationship? Do I take that next step starting a business? Do I take that next step moving from one place to another? That takes trust. And when we learn that we can trust God because He is faithful and He is good, His mercies are everlasting, then we can learn to trust ourselves. You know what? I am going to take that step. And then once I learn to trust myself, then I can learn to trust you all a little bit more. Because I come to realize I'm just like you, taking that next step. Trust is a blessing from God. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 through 7, the Bible says this, For godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Is that certain? That is one of the few things that is certain in life. But put me in my best suit just the same. <laughs> I'll trade it in at the pearly gates for, I'm sure it'll be some, something in white. When we acknowledge our blessings in life, then we can truly be thankful and grateful to the Lord. Then we can do what we're encouraged to do in Psalm 100. I want us all to read this together. Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, tonight, when we look in your word, we see that blessings abound in our lives. We realize, Lord, that no matter our, our place in life tonight, we can be thankful that you're with us that you're steady. You are our rock. Father God, we ask tonight that you would help us to recognize and to acknowledge, to be thankful on this Thanksgiving Eve 
for the many blessings in our life. We ask that as we go tonight and tomorrow to be with family and friends, we pray that your presence will be with us, with us all, and with all those we love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.